Hey folks, thanks for tuning in. Today is episode 45, titled, Woe to Those Who Are Unrepentant. Today we see some potency of the character of Christ coming out in the form of rebuking. And it's a perfect window into what people's future could look like if we all don't remain repentant or strive to turn away from sin, or if we neglect salvation. That's something Paul talks about in Hebrews. There are many warnings But those are three warnings worthy of mentioning because it ties into what Christ says in these verses. So let's dive in. Matthew chapter 11, verse 20 through 24 says, Then he began to denounce, which means to rebuke, the cities where most of his mighty works had been done because they did not repent. Woe to you, Shorazin! Woe to you, Bethsaida! For if the mighty works done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I tell you, it will be more bearable on the day of judgment for Tyre and Sidon than for you. And you, Capernaum, will you be exalted to heaven? You will be brought down to Hades, for if the mighty works done in you had been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. But I tell you, that it will be more tolerable on the day of judgment for the land of Sodom than for you. So, of course, we need to understand that it was the people within the cities that were not the issue. It just wasn't the geographical location. It was the lack of repentance within the heart of the individuals in the face of mighty works. When Christ was performing those mighty works, they just, their hearts remained hardened and they did not repent. And as a result, we saw that Christ rebuked them or denounced them and told them what will happen on the day of judgment. So we need to be careful regarding repentance because it's not just a one-time thing. We've got to continue to remain repentant. And honestly, repentance is much like a state of mind we maintain. And we do that because we love Jesus. And that state of mind is threefold. We need to update our minds and learn what sin is, right? And then we need to feel contrition for our sins. So that's the conviction we feel when we sin from the Holy Spirit. And that drives us to do the third thing, which is to make an amendment from our life, excuse me, make an amendment to our life and turn away from sin and turn back to the Lord. St. Ambrose said, true repentance is to cease from sin. So repentance is a process that becomes complete when we finally get rid of that sin in our life. Sometimes it's easy. Sometimes it's hard. Repentance is not always an easy thing. Certainly there are sins that are easier to turn away from than others, but sometimes repentance is hard. And sometimes we stumble many, many times before we're able to turn from the sin and thank the Lord for the continued opportunity to repent. So for the Lord to keep people alive as long as he possibly can to give them an opportunity for repentance, that shows just how rich in mercy Jesus is. Christ makes an interesting point in these verses that reveals the mysteriousness of God's grace and judgment. Christ said, For if the mighty works done in you had been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. How many of all of us listening would have guessed that? That Sodom and Gomorrah would have repented if Christ would have ministered to them? I personally never would have guessed that at all. Now, if you remember, God's omniscient, which means all-knowing. And this means that God destroyed Sodom knowing that they would have repented if Christ would have ministered to them. And that, to me, is kind of 
it's it's interesting, but it's a little, it's kind of scary to me. And to me, when I read that, it just drives the vital point of our repentance and how that brings forth the mercy of God. Now, the day of judgment is not something any of us should take lightly. The day of judgment will be more bearable than the events surrounding the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah, depending on which side of the fence you stand on. Now, if you remember what happened with Sodom and Gomorrah, it was fire and brimstone that rained from above and killed everyone. Can you think of anything more painful than fireballs raining from the sky? And Christ says being thrown into hell or being thrown into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth is more painful than that. So part of the reason it won't be as bad for the city of Sodom and Gomorrah on the day of judgment than for the repentant, unrepentant cities is because Sodom and Gomorrah have already received their punishment. So that's what makes it more bearable for Sodom when, when, when they've experienced the judgment and the punishment from God already for their actions. Now, none of these topics are fun to talk about by any means, but nonetheless, they are very important. And a lot of the topics surrounding hell and punishment are avoided by a lot of Protestant pastors and Protestant preachers. But the thing is, avoiding these topics don't change reality. Avoiding such topics or any difficult topics in Scripture, they don't change the truth. Avoiding, avoiding tough topics, they don't change God's grace, they don't change His judgment, because human beings and shepherds are not the arbiters of God's grace and His judgment. All of that comes through Christ. Now, it's very important, I think, to read the tough stuff. That's how we grow as Christians. Now, when we need a pick-me-up, should we read the warm and fuzzy stuff that's uplifting? Yes, of course. But in order for us to grow, it seems that reading the tough stuff or the difficult topics are the things that will facilitate more growth and things that make us feel comfortable. So we should strive to grow in Christ, right? We should strive to read the difficult things. We should strive to read the tough things because our goal is to participate in the process of sanctification and grow in Christ. Now, there, perhaps there are people out there who think to themselves, well, some people claim we are judged on what we know. So the less I know, the more God's grace will be shown to me. And that's not the case. Now, there are people, again, that claim you'll be judged on what you know, but you'll also be judged on what you don't seek. And there's a lesson for that in one of the parables in Matthew that we'll go over when it talks about people who have heard the good news of the gospel, and they've basically hid it inside their heart, and they didn't do anything with it, right? There was no works. They were a fruitless vine. And Christ talks about in a couple different situations how those people are at risk for being cut off and thrown in, into the unquenchable fire. So we have to be very careful. When we hear the good news, our job should then be to participate in growing in Christ and sharing the good news with others. But it's not just evangelizing. We should share things in scripture that we learn with others so all of us can help each other grow because we're all the bride of christ man woman we are the bride of christ and so we all must if we learn something we should share it with each other and say hey look what i learned look what i learned and we do that because we love jesus and we love each other and we want to be in god's presence after we die we all want to be together as the brides of christ in heaven in in the presence of god that's what we want so let's Let's summarize, and we're going to drive home again the three most important, or I should say the three aspects of repentance, but also what I think is probably the three most important words 
that we should know along with their purpose. So that's what we'll close with. Number one, repentance is three things. Updating our minds, feeling contrition, and making an amendment to our lives. And repentance is complete when the sin is gone. So we know that repentance is a process because we have to work out our salvation, as Paul says, with fear and trembling. And that is to feel the contrition and to fight against it, to struggle against sin and to carry our cross. And grace is, this is number two, grace is unmerited divine assistance offered to human beings for their regeneration and sanctification. So that brings us to the next point, number three. The purpose of grace is to bring about the obedience of faith. And that's Romans 1.5. And of course, we need to know what faith is because faith is what we do to bring about the grace of God in our life. And faith can be summarized as trust, conviction, action, and obedience. And the purpose of that faith is to abide in Christ's love as it's laid out in the Gospel of John. So we need to know that, right? Like we People are really good with telling others that Jesus loves them. And yes, that is a, that's a pivotal message for bringing people off the street, evangelizing to them, and bringing them into the fold. However, once you hear the good news, then we must ask ourselves, how can I love Christ the way he wants me to. And the way we love Christ and abide in his love, the way we're commanded to, is to obey his commandments, not only the Ten Commandments, but the 11th commandment that he gave the apostles, which is to love others as we love ourselves and to love others as Christ loved the apostles. Right. So that's, that's built into the additional instruction. It's kind of an abstraction of the existing instructions in some sense. And then the other way he says to abide in our love is to be obedient in Scripture. So the mark of a true Christian isn't that they never sin another day in their life because we have to struggle against that sinful nature forever. But the mark of a true Christian is the desire to abide in Christ's love through the obedience of faith as it's laid out in the Gospel of John. So remember that. Don't just think being a Christian is about Jesus loving me. No, no, no. Being a Christian is about learning what's in Scripture and loving God first with all our heart, mind, and soul, and abiding in the love that Christ tells us to have as it's laid out in the Gospel of John. That's all we have for today, folks. I hope everyone has a great day. Fight the good fight. God bless.